0: Welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is O'No Sullivan, and today's guest is Nina Hines, speaking via Zoom from her home in Germany. Nina is releasing her fifth solo album, Zap, on Friday, February 26th. I've been lucky enough to listen to it a few times and I really, really like it on those initial listens. I guess you could call it a breakup album, but as you'll hear in our discussion, it's also a record of two halves and ultimately it feels hopeful rather than hopeless, There's plenty more music from Nina to dig into as well if you haven't already delved into her Bandcamp page. You can actually subscribe on there and get new tracks and music regularly from Nina. It seems like she's been prolific over the last year, something we talk about in the interview, as well as how lockdown has been good for her from a creative point of view. We also go back to the start of her career, comparing and contrasting, making and releasing music then as opposed to now, with the middleman very much absent, thankfully. And if you stick around to the end, you'll hear a track called Holiday that Nina released on Camp at the start of 2021 and which I was particularly taken with. You'll get the story of how it was created and how she turned the sound of a broken fridge in a tiny apartment into something beautiful. So here's Nina Heinz on the Point of Everything podcast. You're in Germany. Uh, I'll, I'll use you as my German correspondent for a little bit. How is the country dealing with COVID at the moment in, as of the, the first week, second week of February?
1: Hello, Irland from Deutschland. <laughs> Alles is good here. Alles funktioniert. Sehr gut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been here long enough, so... <laughs> that it would be a little bit sad. It's functioning. We have been in this lockdown since the week before Christmas, this present lockdown, and which means only essential shops open and you are only meant to have one person from another household, or is it two in your house at the same time as your household? Um, And that doesn't include kids. They could bring 10 kids, I think, but one adult because children aren't people. I mean, I love it. I have to be honest. All the terrible things about COVID aside, it suits me. It suits my life to have these lockdowns. Although it can get really lonely because I do spend sometimes a lot of time on my own. But uh, at the same time, it's, it's very fruitful artistically.
0: You're not the first artist, creative person who I've talked to who've kind of felt that way about the lockdown, that it has been a kind of a creative boon for you. Um, was that how you felt maybe a y- like 11 months ago now? Like, did it take a while for you to actually understand, you know, kind of how you would be creative uh, in lockdown?
1: 11 months ago, it was, it was around March 15th, I remember the, the first lockdown. And I have two children and their father lives in another country. He lives in Brussels. So um, I was thinking, you know, just before the lockdown, I was thinking, I'm going to lose my mind if we have to stay in for two weeks. Uh, (laughs) If we have to be in this lockdown for two weeks, maybe we'll end up killing each other or I'll lose my mind or something. After a few days, we just got into the flow of it. And we started, you know, doing lots of physical things because we could go for bike rides and we didn't have the same restrictions of one kilometer. So sometimes we cycled 10 kilometers in one day and my son is six and my daughter is 12. So that was enough. That was far enough for them. But there are lots of places to go. We, we, we had a lot of picnics in parks and uh, that was the first lockdown. It was springtime. It was like the weather was getting more nicer. And so it was kind of a novelty. And we spent, I think, five or six weeks without seeing anybody, just the three of us, which is kind of crazy. I, we enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. And they, they learned, I mean, my son got really into drums and, i have a drum two drum kits here in my room and made a made a, a de- he got into guitar as well and made a deal with the neighbors that we could play a certain amount of time every day and so we have, i do jams with him like he's in my band and uh, my daughter's really into dance and she'd be teaching me all these dances from tiktok and so we became just creative the three of us and uh then i do music at night and I kind of became obsessed with that and after five or six weeks their dad came and he minded them for 10 days and then I had 10 days alone um, and I went to another apartment so he could stay here. Um, a friend's apartment was empty and I, I went there and set up my studio and that's what I do when the kids are away. They're currently away now so I just kind of, they go away for like a week or two, sometimes three and I focus on just intense work, and i 'm just on my own all the time, so that 's also you know another kind of weird lockdown uh, but it's i it, 've always been like that anyway it 's not like you know artists artists are like that anyway they they go off on their own and and go inside
0: It kind of reminds me of how authors talk about the writing process like some you know maybe younger authors they build it up in their head like you know you can only write in the morning and you can only do like two hours and you know if you don't get it done then that's it your day is you know ruined you've lost the the work whereas some authors like Anne Enright would talk about uh you know she'd have kids like jumping on the sofa beside her and she's just like writing away and she's she's happy to do it so it's just it's just like uh you take the time when you can get it
1: that's it you squeeze it in once you have kids, it's, it's like you just have to find the time to to express yourself or you'll go a little bit mad.
0: <laughs> um, it, it must be nice as well, though, to see the kids kind of showing an interest in music, like showing an interest in dance or drums or, or TikTok dances or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's magic. It's magic. We all learn from each other. I, I really enjoy my kids. It's not such a struggle uh, to be alone with them during the lockdown. It's like... They're, they're very open. They're cool. They give me space when I need it. It's a good life. It's a, it's, they, you know, having children for me is a joy because they, they help me to see things in a different way. They like, I wouldn't know anything about TikTok if it wasn't for my daughter. No. Just generally anyway, the wonder of the world, the fun, I'm naturally like that. I get excited about stupid tiny details of, banality and normality and my children are like that so we kind of hang out like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah um when did you move to Germany and did you expect like it to be a permanent move and and, like learning the language and everything?
1: Yeah Uh, I moved for a month in 2007 in March and it was really cold minus whatever, and then snowing all over the ground. And then by the end of the month, spring sprung. And it was like people were in T-shirts in the last day of the month. And it was, it was crazy. It was like going from 20 layers to T-shirts. Uh, as regards permanence, I, I still don't see anything as permanent. I can't. I find that really hard. I find that really hard to see things like that. And uh, I've been here, I guess, what, 14 years this March? Or is it 50, 2007? How long goes that? 13 14 and yeah yeah, I mean I picked up the language I'm not fluent my French is better than my German which is kind of weird uh but I'm okay I can I can have conversations I can do bureaucracy deal general stuff uh but I can't really express myself and when I'm in the company of Germans at a party and we're all drinking or whatever and I might be a bit quiet I listen a lot rather than talking you know Um, but permanence who knows Uh, I don't know I'm very in the present moment and uh, who can tell I mean nobody knows do they I mean the world is crazy look at what's happened in the last year who knows what's going (laughs) to happen
0: are you still enjoying it as much as like when you first moved over
1: yeah I I, I really am I, I feel like I'm still in love with Berlin and I guess my favorite things to do here would be to ride around on my bike. I do that a lot. And uh, there, there's always something, apart from in the last year, There there is usually something to go and do or see. And there are a lot of outdoor places because unlike Ireland where people have gardens, very few people have gardens here. So you're kind of forced to be social and you're not... You're not isolated at all. You're in the community. You're in with people everywhere all the time. So it's a different way of thinking. I think if I was living in a suburban house in Ireland and I had a garden, there'd be a danger that I'd never see anybody ever, you know. And because I'm living here in a very busy area and it's really cool, I get to see people Just if I get a bit lonely, I just go outside and then I'm meeting people, the street, you're honest, looking at people, there's like interactions all the time and uh, I love that.
0: Are you part of much of an Irish community over there? It seems like um, every year I hear of more people moving over to Berlin, more Irish people moving over to Berlin. I don't know if you've seen that or experienced that yourself or or judging people like, oh, you're driving the rents up, leave, get out of here, you, you darn kids.
1: Yeah, I'm really quite uh, in with a lot of Irish people because I curated an organized uh, festival two years ago, three years ago, um, called Craw with four other people. And uh, it was an alternative Irish festival. And from that, we met, I mean, we had between two and three thousand people come to the festival over the weekend. It was a weekend festival. And we just kept meeting Irish people because obviously it was an alternative Irish festival. And We'd so many people apply we'd film dance uh visual art music uh theater and it was just the program was such high quality and it was mostly people who live here from ireland and we were shocked because we had no idea so many people from ireland lived here and it, i met so many brilliant people through that you know and keep in touch and sometimes collaborate and sometimes you know call over have dinner. So, yeah, I'm involved with lots of Irish people and I I need it. I need that. I need that sense of humor and the kind of, I never really get homesick. I don't really, but I love, I love, there's just, there is something innately your own culture within you probably. And uh, I bond with Irish people the minute I meet them, you
0: know. Yeah you you can kind of tell uh straight away kind of the Irish humor as opposed to the German humor sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and and international humor like I have so many friends from all over the world here. But there's just there's a I think the kind of Irish people that are attracted here are mostly kind of weirdo left field artists who aren't career orientated because coming here you're not looking for a career really, you're looking to explore and to create and that kind of thing. And so um there's you're connecting on that element as well. It's not just you're Irish.
0: Yeah. I I think you're seeing it as well. In terms of the lockdown like particularly say in dublin or cork or galway where the rents are extremely high it's kind of like why would i want to be stuck inside in in this small house paying like you know say 800 euro rent when i could be in berlin paying like four or five hundred euro rent because i know the rents have gone up in berlin but i still think that they're a fraction of, the, of what they are in ireland at the moment
1: yeah i mean they're going up really really fast here and it's very hard to find a place But I got lucky because I moved into this apartment a long time ago Um, but there's a beauty Uh, the thing I really miss about Ireland is that the sky and the sea uh, and when I say I'm not homesick I I do sometimes crave that you know there's this when you live there you you really take it for granted that kind of uh, the light you know it's really different.
0: Yeah, I, I just moved house and like we can see the sea from our, from our living room and it's just like, oh my God, I'm, I missed it so much.
1: I dream of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in, uh, in West Cork in Ross so the sea was like five minutes away and I, th- I think it just sticks with you, you know, that you just need, you need it there.
1: Yeah, totally. So, yeah. I, I really want to do residency in Ireland by the sea. That's my dream for this year in the next few months. I'm going to try and find one
0: fingers crossed um it looks like you've got loads of musical equipment behind you anyway you've got like a nice a nice setup like you've got to have them nearby do you just like wh- whenever it takes you
1: yeah I have it set up so that I can just make and I'm, I'm constantly uh collaborating as well with people across the world so that kind of internet thing is brilliant right
0: yeah it's um I, I wonder has the past year kind of opened it up a little bit more for you? Because I've noticed that you've, you've put out a lot of music over the past year. I don't know, is it more than usual? But it certainly seems like um, quite a lot, like what you were saying about the lockdown being kind of a, a creative boon for you. But actually, um, feeling the confidence, I suppose, to put out the music too. Has, has it kind of opened your eyes that it's easier to collaborate? You know, you don't have to be in the same room as someone. You can do it maybe over a Zoom meeting or, or talk it through over email.
1: Yeah. um, It's kind of, I heard somebody say the other day that, um, I can't remember who told me this, but they were saying that they're suddenly collaborating with people on the far side of the world that in before Corona, they would have felt it's too complicated to go to, you know, Michigan to work with this person. I, I can't get out of my life. It's too expensive. I won't be able to have four weeks to get out to go and be there. And suddenly people are like, doing things on Zoom together across the world, creating and collaborating, sending it back and forth. And uh, I mean, I since I've moved here, I've been doing that since 2007 because I have been on my own here and I do collaborate with people across in Ireland or wherever. And um, the whole putting music out regularly thing, um, I do it because I need to do it. I do it because I, I need to feel some kind of, connection and i don't really need to wait no i don't have anyone telling me what to do in the industry or anything so i don't need to wait timing wise or anything like and i have subscribers who get the music and i have promised them i'll give them one or two songs or one or two tracks a month so therefore i am I'm in contract with them to do that.
0: (laughs) That's a really interesting um, idea and kind of a a recent development as well, particularly on Bandcamp. I think that they've only added that feature recently enough. Is there any kind of pressure? Like, you know, if you go a month without feeling creative, are you like, oh my God, I've got to put something out there. Otherwise, you know, I've kind of failed them or something.
1: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely that pressure. I, I never go a month without feeling creative, but for me, it's a matter of time. Can I squeeze the time? Can I find the time to actually sit and be with myself and create? Um, but luckily, most of my subscribers are just friends, or you know, people who want to support me. So they're not like banging on my door, going, "Hey, where's that song you promised this month?" Uh, but I haven't, I haven't not done it yet. I've been doing it a year uh, since it, since Bandcamp opened it up, and. Uh, I like it. Sometimes I think, yeah, I'm going to stop this subscriber nonsense. Um, but actually it's really uh, encouraging and supportive and it gives me an incentive to create because when you're just creating into a vacuum, even if it's 10 people going, Hey, I loved that track. I, I really connected with this part. Or they tell you stories about their life in relation to whatever you're writing and uh, that's why i'm doing it you
0: know i think that that's kind of uh, an interesting thing again just in terms of the past year like d- do you feel like if you were making music and you know you weren't putting it on the internet or anything would you feel like you're you're missing out on something you know if you were just kind of doing it for yourself and you knew that the files were there maybe you're building up say to an album or something you know like w- would you just when you're just doing it on your own do you kind of need the Maybe validation is the wrong word, but like the kind of the the encouragement to go on to the net, to continue with it.
1: Um, yes and no. I did that for years where I just created and didn't put anything up or out. And I have loads of unreleased stuff that I've never put up. Um, so if I, if I have a month where I, I can't create, I know I'll just go through my files and I'll find a track and go, here's a new track. So I do it anyway. I do it anyway. But I do... I do love the visual aspect of something like Instagram. I love making little clips to the music. I, I find that really satisfying to, to go. Cause everywhere when I'm outside, I just want to film everything. And then I, I want to just put it to the music. And for me, that's really exciting. And, uh, then, you know, just it's a different thing, the interaction thing. And for me, it's a bonus. It's definitely, uh, definitely a bonus but it's it's not the it, it gives you know the subscriber thing gives me the incentive to keep creating all the time and you know must create all the time but then I realized that I do that anyway
0: just before we start talking about the new album I wanted to maybe like compare and contrast your creative process now as opposed to say when you release your first album like 20 20 plus years ago or or however long like is it Can you think, is it similar in one way? Like, obviously completely different because of the internet, but is it kind of familiar to you, say, from 20 years ago?
1: So my very first record was a band. It was a record called Creation. And uh, we were a band. We We went into rehearsal rooms. I'd have a song, so I'd have a structure and an idea. And they were magicians, and they would create that with me. And then we recorded that and, uh, it was so collaborative and now it's just me on my own in a room and yeah, automatically there was all this kind of, you know, suddenly I had a manager and in the beginning. And so he was like obsessed with the whole getting a record deal thing and, uh, The idea that we needed the middleman was really present. You know, got to impress the middleman. I hope the middleman likes the music because then maybe we have a chance of actually making a living out of this. We have a chance to actually be ourselves and make music. Whereas now, who cares? just, Just, I can create in my room and I don't need a middleman. Although it would be nice to have, you know, people to to strategize how more listeners could hear my music and put it out there, whatever. Um, I'd love to, you know, tour more in better venues that would be bigger and if touring ever happens again. Um, but I think it's the the formula has changed. Um, I mean, that still exists, that whole structure of the industry still exists, but it just means that people like me, and also I depended on... Uh, studios I depended on uh brilliant engineers to translate things and to work with me and that cost a lot of money so I would spend years you know either borrowing money or owing money or uh you know waiting writing and waiting and writing and waiting and writing and waiting and and just writing and and then now I I just write record finish upload write record finish upload write record finish upload and it's just it's more satisfying
0: yeah did did you kind of see the bullshit of the industry for a couple of years as well like when your manager was looking for the the middleman to for, for whatever reason and were you like oh my god this is this is awful this isn't what being a musician is supposed to be
1: it disgusted me from the very mm-hmm. beginning i had a, a what do you call it? Uh, I mean, What's that word? You, know, you re- Revolution. Yeah, I kind of had a... Re- I, I, we went to New York very quickly and did like four gigs in a week and we had 17 record companies come to see us and this guy from Geffen, came, I think it was Geffen or one of these big labels came and he brought me to his office and uh, it was like the top tower of New York <laughs> and uh, he came to my gig. They, some of them came to like five four gigs and five, we had five gigs and some of the labels came to all of the gigs and brought to their offices. And the guy from Geffen like turned up at my gig and he was coked off his head and he had two women like, and, and he was just ugly as fuck. And he was just like, and then he brought me into his office and he was just really sleazy and he was really like, uh, what, what do you think is a good song? Like he was quizzing me, like I had to prove myself to him. And I said, oh, Madonna's new song is a great song. Uh, Like, just as a fuck off. Uh, I I just found it disgusting, to be honest. And, you know, it's changed. There were many stalwarts, like people who promote good music, who invest in good music, and who really uh, encourage the creation of good music. There are lots of great indie labels like that, and people doing good work in But I I just didn't get lucky. I I made wrong choices with stuff. And, um, you know, my own attitude probably was a little bit of self-sabotage in regards to all of that. Um, And I think, what were you asking, was I, did I see it as, was I a bit um, suspicious of it? Yeah, too suspicious of it. You know, I would be more willing now to to actually have conversations and not be so judgmental myself uh, about how things work, you know.
0: Did it take a while then to kind of um, get happy with being a musician again, kind of like f- find your right, uh, your right path, your right, your right road?
1: It did, yeah. I mean, for a long time, it, music felt like a disease to me. It felt like a compulsion. Like it felt like this is the only thing that makes me feel like me and happy, but it seems impossible for me to be able to do it in regards to a living situation, survival, and uh it's all I want to do and I never thought of it as a career like other people told me it was my career I just was doing it it's it's like a double-edged sword I used to feel oh I need it and it satisfies me and it's the ultimate it's all I am and it's who I am and it's it's just like you know taking your vitamins and then the other side was uh it's impossible life is shit because you can't fucking pay rent and uh how do i get money this month to pay i mean i'm i'm still like that but i don't worry about it i just do lots of random stuff uh to keep going and uh luckily i'm able to do lots of brilliant random stuff
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and and uh you've done a brilliant, uh, I won't say random, a brilliant, brilliant thing in uh, the new album Zap, which is due for release on February 25th. Tell me about uh, maybe the, the ideas behind it. You say it's kind of broken into two halves, that the first half is about the broken heart, the sorrow, the nostalgia, and the getting through it. And then the second half is from bitchy to cheeky, to angry, to grace, to joy, the slow healing. Tell me about maybe the um, ideas behind Zap.
1: Right, well... I guess I haven't really talked about this with anybody yet.
0: <laughs> you can take your time
1: uh, if
0: if you're happy to do it
1: yeah, I mean, it's kind of obvious uh i It's the kind of record I never really wrote i i don't i I think I always like writing stuff that's very observational that's not necessarily so personal, and uh this was. Actually, something I needed to do so i didn 't go insane basically needed to to write it as a reaction to a thirteen year relationship and uh, so I did a crowdfunding uh, in order to get equipment, so basically, I, I did the crowdfunding and uh, got money and got equipment and The day it arrived, they went away on holiday with him to Brussels and I set it up. And then the next day I just started recording and uh, I didn't have any songs written but I knew I needed to to talk about what I'd been going through. And so I just started playing all day and and recording and writing and making music. And uh, suddenly it was very clear what it was. And, within a few months, um, it started to get very upbeat. Even though know, it happened at the same time. It was like, you know, every day would be like a, it wouldn't be just a heartbroken day. It'd be like heartbroken morning. And then the afternoon might be like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna approach this with some kind of vavoom of life. You know, life is better now, whatever. And, uh, try it. And humor. I wanted humor because... I need it. And uh, so it it kind of developed. And and after I, uh, it was also the first record I properly did alone, like recording, playing everything and uh, mixing. And then at the end, I had these tracks I was really happy with. And I thought, well, maybe it's really shit though. But who cares? Who cares? And uh, I called my friend Robbie, who has this amazing studio. And I said, look, Robbie, could I just, could I come over to your studio and run my mixes for a couple of days through your fancy plugins and um we could just listen and tell me if you think it's terrible sonically or if it's okay so i did that with robbie for through the mixes put them through all his fancy stuff and made it shiny and better and uh then it was finished and and robbie really liked it and uh yeah that's kind of it and I, and then i had to order vinyl to send to the crowd funders. And um, then I forgot about it. And then I made another 15 tracks in the last year and put them out. And now I have this thing that I'm just starting to send out to people because this label is putting it out. I decided to send it to a label because I actually couldn't be bothered doing this whole, (laughs) I'm going to promote my record. and uh," I couldn't be bothered. So I thought I'll find a label maybe they'll do that and then more people will hear it and then it'll be cool um and so I sent it to about 10 labels that I randomly found online that whose music I liked and very quickly Minty Fresh got back and said we'd like to offer you a contract to license it and I was like great let's do it and so they're putting it out
0: great um did uh Two, two questions, I guess. Uh, did it take longer to create than usual the album, considering you were doing it all yourself, and was it difficult for you to actually decide considering the subject matter and everything, the difficult nature of maybe some of the tracks, whether you actually wanted to show it in public?
1: Yeah. Uh, it didn't take longer because I'm very quick at working. I'm quite obsessive and I'm really into the details, um, And my last record took two years. Dancing Sons. And I love that record. Um, But we spent two years fighting me and my partner. And we traveled, we did did sessions in Ireland, we did sessions in Brussels, we did sessions in Berlin. Um, And that seemed to take forever because we would just fight over every little detail and This time, there was nobody to fight with me, so it just happened really fast. And uh, I'm pretty good at making decisions. I think I made a decision, I don't know when, sometime, that being, being an artist and being true to yourself means you're automatically hanging your, showing your dirty laundry in public. It's your job as an artist to be vulnerable, to be honest, to be real, to say, I don't know, ask questions i think and so i i just kind of i'm okay with that and and you know we're all the same at the end of the day that's the thing i could write about my heartbreak and then i'll have some guy from russia write to me and say that it really helped him and it made him feel better my little sad song you know i have actually have had messages before from people saying that it helped them when they were th- having suicidal thoughts and for me, that's not zap. I'm not talking about my new record, I'm talking about older stuff. And for me, that makes everything worth it. That's like, yeah, well, then it must be, you know, okay.
0: You, you don't know where your, your music is going to connect to or with who next sort of thing?
1: No. And I, I think we're all vulnerable humans and we're all um, on the edge of, the nothingness and on the edge of ourselves. And we all go through depths of hardship and struggle, no matter what class we're in or what level of society we're in. Uh, everybody suffers and, and everybody jokes. Everybody feels joy, hopefully. So it's, it's good to share it. It's good to talk about it. It's good to joke about it. It's
0: Yeah. Um, I, d- I don't know is it just because the second half is kind of the playful cheeky side of it But I do think it is kind of a hopeful record And I am kind of drawn towards that last line on the record Where you just say people are good, people are good You know that's that's the last line Like you you kind of have to almost remind yourself of that Particularly after like the last year, the last like four years Or whatever it is of uh, of Donald Trump and the way humanity has gone
1: Yeah. I mean, people are good. That's what always comes back to me. Most people are good. Most people are good. I have it in a few songs. I say, I remind myself, it's like a little mantra just to remind me, you know, when I go out on the street and I want to connect with people, uh, I look at people and they might be in a bad mood and I'm thinking, Oh, they're just in a bad mood or I think we all need each other and we have to keep reminding ourselves. And when I do a concert, I think I have the same formula for every concert nearly. And there's just different uh, ways of saying it. But it usually starts off kind of cool. Or maybe it starts off in the depths of despair, either way. And then it just gets really dark. And then you're in the heavy, heavy place. And then you just start finding your way through that kind of swamp. And then you find some kind of little chink in the distance, you know, and you're like, holding onto that and you're grabbing onto it and you're going for it and you're going for it and then you find it in the joy and then you connect with the people in the audience and you're all finding and you're all holding this precious little joy and you're all scared you're going to drop it like some kind of broken glass crystal or something and then then you all feel connected and you're exhilarated and you're joyous and you're like yeah this is what we should be doing as humans we should be connecting and for me that's always my aim it's always like I'm not gonna pretend I'm not sad. I'm not gonna pretend I'm not angry, but I'm gonna work through it to find a way. But I'm not gonna fucking, I'm not gonna wallow. I'm not gonna lie in the shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rise up and I'm gonna find a way that makes sense for me. And usually that means having a lot of fun and feeling a lot of joy and dancing, love dancing
0: great great um that that kind of description of what a concert is like it it seems almost um alien to me considering how long ago uh it it's been since i since i went to a gig but do you actually see the songs on zap or zap itself as a live experience or is that just like not something you can even contemplate at the moment
1: yeah i definitely do i love singing them i love the melodies i love playing them when i toured with Glen hansard last year and November 2019, a year and a bit ago, <laughs> yeah. uh, I sang a few songs from Zap because I, I was in the middle of the record and um, I really enjoyed singing them. I mean, they're really emotional for me. And as I said, they're not about, even if it's a brokenhearted one or an angry one, it's not about wallowing. It's about finding answers within myself and forgiveness, yeah. you know, it's about forgiveness as well.
0: And um, in, in terms of, say, the the album as a whole, like considering, you know, you're kind of putting out these, these songs for the subscribers regularly, do you still think Zap is like the work, the thing that you've been building towards and, you know, the thing that you really want your name attached to, as opposed to, say, these songs that, you know, not, that aren't just thrown out there, but like, you know, that might just be ideas or something that you've kind of built up a little, but this is like the whole work.
1: No, it's not the Hallmark. It's, it's, um, they're all equally valid. They're all, they all exist in their own little sphere uh, within the grander universe. And I feel like um, Zap is like my novel, you know? And then sometimes a song that I put up is like my comic or my film or they're different things. And uh, it exists as it is for what it is. And it's valid within that, but it's it's not the be all or the end all or anything. It's it's a part of the journey.
0: And, and do you see a connection between the songs that have maybe come since the album was finished last year? Like um, I, I was drawn towards Holiday, which you released right at the start of 2021, which um, uh, you say it started off with, with a fridge with a very annoying sound in a dark sh- shoebox size apartment that you're staying in. I, I just really like the line, um, uh, I choose to create. I think, I think it kind of ends on that as well, doesn't it? That, that kind of creative process the song is about almost.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely about that. And that's basically my whole philosophy, and that's how I live my life. Uh, you know, finding myself in awkward situations or in uncomfortable situations or in <laughs> ugly situations and kind of like being tied up and being one of those. Do you remember those, you know, those characters in uh, the 1920s or so where they would, they would tie themselves up and put themselves in little boxes and then they'd have to figure a way out or they'd be put in a sack down underneath the water and they'd have to get out of the sack so they don't die.
0: <laughs> that's what you see yourself as.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what my art is. That's what my music is. Uh, it's a way of figuring things out. Cause I haven't a clue. Like life's such a mystery. It's so strange. And, uh, a little apartment for holiday. Uh, my kid's dad was here and and he needed a place and he rented this place, but it was just not good for the kids to go there (laughs) because he didn't know that in advance. And, uh, so I said, look, you stay here and and I'll go there. And so I took all my gear and went there and it was just, ah. it was December and it was really dark and it was a basement and um, it was right beside the bins in the hinterhof, which is the backyard of this big block. And, uh, it was so dark and the curtains were open, but they've no kind of net curtains. So anybody's putting out their bins or walking through the courtyard could see right in. So I would keep the curtains closed all day because I had all this equipment and also I don't want people looking in at me. And, um, so I was just in this dark and it was kind of smelly. It was kind of had this weird smell, like stuffy smelly place and the bed was really high <laughs> it was like up to here on me but there was no ladder so I had to kind of stand on a stool to get up on the bed and then I had to jump if I had to go pee in the night I had to jump off the bed you know in the dark in the smelly room and the kitchen was it was kind of like a bed what you'd imagine in the 90s in Randall or something uh, like dirty carpet and uh The kitchen was like this monkey little rectangle with an old electric hob that was rusty. So when you turn it on to make your coffee, the rust smells in the room and the fridge was really old and it had this crazy sound like in the middle of the night, all the time, every like, every hour it would be like (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, okay, I'm gonna make something beautiful out of this fridge. I recorded it in different ways and then I synthesized it and then I used it as the base for holiday it's the base in it and uh I also found this other sound I really liked like I got a plug-in and then I kind of changed the sound of it and I fell in love with that sound and uh I just kind of it happened really easily and then I was like on this mad emotional journey anyway and so I just the words were all about that
0: wow um so you just don't know where where the inspiration is going to going to strike next you could easily just forget and try and put that apartment out of your mind but you were like no no i'm gonna do something with this
1: be to be in the moment to be there wherever you are that's where the strongest thing comes from for me um i'm working on a new thing at the moment that has blown my mind oh and it's it's almost too exciting to talk about it uh but I'm obsessed with it. And it's a duo. Uh, It's I don't know what to call it. I guess it's some kind of weird musical story, film, show, uh, choreography. And uh, we've got one show booked in Berlin in August. We'll see if that happens in a church. But we're making a film at the same time of the story and we're making music. And uh, it's so intense. It's all I don't really know. I don't, I do know where it's going. It's it's called Fake Anna. And uh, that's my current project, as well as doing the songs for my subscribers and promoting the album. Um, In Ireland, it comes out on my label, Zap, and then the rest of the world, it comes out Minty Fresh.
0: Great. Well, you, well, you preempted my, my final question, which was going to be, what are you working on at the moment? Um, so, so thanks for answering that. I don't know. Is there anything else you're going you're gonna to keep making the music and, and just putting it out there for people who are subscribed on, on your Bandcamp page?
1: I'd love to tour. We'll see how that works out with the world. And um, I'm just so obsessed with Fake Anna at the moment that it's just going to take over for the next six months or a year.
0: Great. Great. Well, listen, Nina, thanks a million for, for chatting. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you this morning.
1: Thanks for asking me. Have a lovely day.